Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Thank you, church. Please take a seat. Give someone a high five on your way down. Thank you, creative team. Can we give it up for our creative team? Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's good to see you. We are continuing in our Go series. Can I encourage you, if you haven't uh, heard any of the uh, previous sessions, um, Ros and myself spoke uh, two weeks ago on Go. I'd encourage you to check out the podcasts and the YouTube video from the morning sessions as we continue in what does Go mean for us as a church. It's one of our key values on our discipleship pathway. It's something that we as a church want to encourage, something that we want to embed within the culture of what we do. And it stems out of the Great Commission, which we read in Matthew 28, which will come up on your screen. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. When we talk about the word go, sometimes we get the sense that it's... um, I need to jump on a plane and go to Nairobi. Or when we talk about go, it's I've got to go to the middle of Sydney CBD and start street witnessing with a megaphone. But if we actually have a look at the word go in the next one, this is go in the Greek, it's the Greek word parenthesis. And it means this, having already gone, whilst you are on your way. Go is not this uh, special, focused, concentrated, unique effort that we need to make as Christians. It's as you go about living your life, make disciples. Go should be just a normal and natural occurrence for a Christian. As you go around in life, whatever you're doing, share your faith. Make a disciple. So for some, the Great Commission, sure, yeah, it's getting on a plane, it's cross-cultural, it's international overseas endeavours to preach and and minister. But for most of us who want to find our go, for most of us who want to know, well, what does my go look like? It's at Charlestown. It's at the cafe, it's in your workplace, it's at uni. It's in your own family. That could be your go. It could be while you're enjoying retirement on on the golf course. That could be your go. You can participate in the Great Commission without even setting foot on a plane because go means whilst you are already in motion. So take the pressure off. Take the pressure off yourself thinking, oh, this means I've got to go to Africa. No, you're down the road. It could be your own family where God utilises your go. So the next part of the series we want to talk about today is the difference between inviting and bringing and how you and I are called by God in the Word, I'm going to unpack some scriptures, to be bringers. People who bring. And yes, look, I know we're inviting people to church, but more than that, we're trying to introduce them to Jesus because it's only Jesus that raises the dead. It's only Jesus that renews people. It's only Jesus that transforms people. Not even church can do that. It is Him. So inviting someone to church, it's not the same as inviting someone to Jesus, but Hopefully, here at Macquarie, people will have a hard time missing Jesus when they turn up. That's our goal, that we would always be presenting him, preaching him, introducing people to him. Um, I have invited people to church before. 
And every time I've invited someone, I've felt really special, like I'm doing the Lord's work, like I am the living cutting edge of Christianity, because I said to someone, hey mate, you want to come to church? Uh, And the back of my shirt has been bulging from where I've needed to tuck my wings in and all that sort of jazz, you know, you feel really special because (laughs) I did something really Christian, I invited someone to church. But honestly, here's here's a transparent card on the table, of all the invites I've thrown, I've only ever had one person come to church, based on an invite, many Many haven't. And sometimes we feel like we've done our Christian duty because all we can do is invite, but it's up to them to come and it's up to the Holy Spirit to save them. It's not my responsibility, but many don't come. Many don't turn up and sometimes we can get a little bit dismissive of the importance of the Great Commission. In 2018, well-known Christianity Today magazine teamed up with Lifeway Research to study 1,100 Christians across a multitude of denominations. They discovered this, 60% of people had invited someone to a Christmas or an Easter service. Outside of that, only 11% of people had invited someone to church outside of those occasions. 29% said they had never invited anyone to church. And get this, 4% said... Inviting people to come to church is not my job. More encouraging statistic that came out of it, 70% of first-time visitors at church came along because a friend brought them. It's not that people hate the idea of church and it's not even that the thought of God turns them off, it's just that many people aren't feeling connected to anything anymore. There is isolation and loneliness ripping through our society. So much so that Harvard University has done a study on the lonely pandemic generation. Can we get the next one up, please? This is a study that they put together. And psychologists are now worrying that the coronavirus has triggered or exacerbated a loneliness pandemic, particularly amongst the younger generation. Their research suggests that social isolation, particularly in Western culture, Western society, social isolation is rapidly going through the roof. People are cocooning. Because of the lockdowns, we've we've decided to become quite independent and self-sufficient. We've got everything we need in the the contents of our house. And, And even in countries where lockdowns are easing, people are still cocooning. People are still staying in. People are still isolating. The mental health, the physical health ramifications of this are enormous. In the coming decades, they reckon the loneliness pandemic will far outstrip the consequences of the coronavirus pandemic. They talk about, Harvard talks about this lack of social energy or lack of social inertia. People have lost the ability to go out and make connections anymore. The ability to create a friendship A lot of people don't know how to start doing that anymore. There is this social and relational paralysis at work in our society. So let's have a look at another paralysis in the Word of God. This is Mark 2, verses 1 to 5. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard he'd come home. They gathered in such large numbers there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the Word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralysed man, carried by four of them. Since they couldn't get to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralysed man, son, your sins are forgiven. 
Skip ahead to Mark 2, 11 and 12. This is Jesus talking to the man on the mat. I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat, walked out in full view of them all. And this amazed everyone. And they praised God saying, we've never seen anything like this. If at Macquarie we want to see new anythings in God, we may need to take some new approaches. And maybe if we can carry people into a life-giving church, they'll find community, they'll find Jesus. Not because we invited them, but because we brought them. There is a big difference. Inviting is only part of the deal, but bringing them is how we can find our go. In John 5, we see the pool of Bethesda, this, this, this bath, this pool, that an angel would descend from heaven, stir the waters... And the first person to enter the bath would find healing in the waters of Bethesda. There was this crippled man who was propped up near the pool. And and Jesus came along and said to this man, do you want to be made well? And he said, Jesus, of course I do. But there's no one who can bring me into the healing waters of the pools. And I keep missing out. It's not that he didn't want to, it's that he couldn't because he was paralysed. So you can go ahead and you can invite this paralysed man all you want to come and find healing. He ain't coming. Inviting isn't enough. I've not taken the step of bringing people with me to church. I've invited, yep, but I've never made it easy for them to get in here. I've never offered to pick them up. I've never offered to have a coffee beforehand to address some of the fears, some of the pressures of walking into a religious building by themselves. Think about it. Potentially, you've been in church for decades. Take yourself back to the first time you walked into a church. Even for for me, walking into a new church now, there's intimidation. So I've had to start doing things like, and I'm still waiting for it to take hold, hey, let's have a coffee and then we'll go to church. Or let's go to church and then we'll go to the footy. Something that takes the pressure off. Something that eases the connection and brings that social bridge in that means it's more likely for them to turn up. Okay, here we go. I want to go through some quick-fire verses. It's going to be pretty obvious, but I want you to try and see the theme here. And I need to credit Steve Kennedy from Champions Church in Brisbane, who's a friend in this stuff. Here we go. We'll fly through this quick. Matthew 14.35. News of his arrival spread quickly. Soon people were bringing all their sick to be healed. John 10.16. I have other sheep who are not in this fold. I must bring them also. They listen to my voice. John 6.65. That's what I meant. People can't come to me unless the Father brings them to me. Matthew 8.16. That evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. All the spirits fled when he commanded them. Next one. Matthew 9.2. Some people brought the paralysed man to him. Matthew 12, then a demon-possessed man who was both blind and unable to talk was brought to Jesus. Vast crowds brought people to him. The servants brought everybody. Men arrived carrying a paralysed man. These aren't verses that we've dug out of obscurity. These aren't in Obadiah or Habakkuk. This is front and centre New Testament. This is a repeated message. They brought them to Jesus. Next one, Mark 7, 32. Deaf man with a speech impediment was brought to Jesus. Mark 8, when they arrived at Bethsaida, people brought the blind man to Jesus. Luke 4, at sunset, the people brought. Luke 18, Jesus stopped, ordered the man to be brought to him. I was never taught this. I was taught to invite people to church, not to bring them. 
Let's have a look at some scriptures in Luke 14. I want to go into this a bit deeper. From 16 onwards, Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited, or acalescent, many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. I've just bought a field. I need to go and check it out. Please excuse me. I just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. I just got married. Her majesty won't let me come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house got ticked off and ordered his servant go out quickly into the streets, the alleys of the town and bring, we'll analyse the word bring in a minute, in the poor, the crippled, the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you've ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. We can go to the next slide. These are the words that are used in the scripture. They're all Greek. Ekalesen is to call, but basically just say, hey mate, do you want to come to church? Then the master says, let's ramp that up a bit. Isago, let's bring them in. Start to bring them in. Start to carry them into the house. And then the next one, when the master's starting to get a bit ticked, and Ankerson, I want you to compel them. An active verb. It is the only word that is active and a verb in that back half of the scripture. Give them a lift. Take them out for lunch afterwards. Can I tell you, hospitality is one of the most important keys we've got to evangelism. Because a lot of people won't walk in those doors, but they may walk into your house because they know you, they trust you, they have relationship with you, they have credibility with you. The most important step, I think, in evangelism is to bring them into your world long before you bring them in here. Because then there's receptivity, there's an openness to it. That could be your go. Putting on a roast on Sunday could be your go. <laughs> I'm coming around, Ros. <laughs> but hang on, Craig, I don't know many people who are crippled. I don't know many people who are paralysed. Yeah, I don't know many people who are blind. Let me tell you, I can guarantee you probably know dozens who are hurting, lonely, suffering, going through divorce, going through crisis. They seem well off, they look like they have it all together, but they're isolated, they're empty, they're frustrated. They need Jesus. They need this. And frankly, they need us to bring them in. Because people aren't as hostile or as resistant to this stuff as we might think. The Bible says the fields are ripe. Let me tell you, if I start having a spiritual conversation at work, they are there. Look, I don't get trippy and fruity, don't worry about that. But if they say, what did you do on the weekend? Oh, I went to church. Oh, okay. We know the real Craig from Monday to Friday. You go to church? No, that's all good. Um, <laughs> you should meet him, he's a, he's a lot of fun. <laughs> the enemy fires up when we start trying to get people to come in here. But the thing is, he doesn't just attack the more subtle thing he does is he preoccupies or he distracts. He'll put something in the path. Oh, the kids have got to go to sport. Oh, the sales are on. Oh, I really like weekend sunrise. When you bring, when you bring, 
you remove an element of distraction. If you just invite, it's easy to dismiss. But when you say, I'm coming to get you, we're going out for breakfast, and then we'll go to church, you remove an element of, you remove an obstacle. Because the, the devil doesn't turn up in a big red cape with flames coming out of his eyes and yells at people, don't go to church. He just puts a gentle distraction. And you, bringing people in, can remove that obstacle. It's nice to go to a church that's friendly. It's better to go to church with a friend. A couple of things that might help. Here we go. Next slide, please. Do it out of love. If your friends and family know you love them, if they can see your sincerity, they'll probably be more open to you suggesting, let's go to church. They'll probably be more open to you welcoming them into your spiritual world. Your home is a great start. You know what's awkward? Going to church. You know what's harder? Going to church when you don't know anyone there. Open up. This hospitality stuff is a big key to how we can get people in. Um, because this isn't a natural environment. Believe it or not, I know for you guys, this is every Sunday, this is cool, we get this. For other people, this is not a natural environment. Um, don't take no personally. Accept a no graciously. A no to coming with you to church is not a no to you. They still love you. Your, friends will, your friendships will still last beyond an evangelistic invitation and a call to bring them into the house. Um, let people know what to expect. Help them to understand what's going on here. Why do we have an inflatable spa at the front of the church? That makes no sense. What are you talking about? Why do you hand around these noisy little plastic cups and people try and rip the lids off and I can't hear a jolly thing being said from up the front? Why has that guy got his hands raised? Is this a hold-up? What's happening here? <laughs> Why is there a lunatic up the front belting on? What's, you know, what's going on? Some people, believe it or not, what we're doing here can appear quite odd. This can be quite foreign to people who are outside who have not experienced what this is and the significance. Talk them through it before they walk in the door. And here we go. Replace information with introductions. Um, if I step on some toes here, I don't apologise. People are not interested in your theology at first. They are interested in your community. They are interested in the good works that we are doing. Help people that turn up connect with other people. Share with how we serve together. We, we, we volunteer together. We care with each other. Don't ram theology. Don't smash your doctrines into people as your opening stanza. Love them first. It's kindness that leads to repentance, not doctrine. It's love that turns a life around, not proving that you are right. And believe it or not, Instagram and Facebook can be evangelistic. Here we go. I'm probably preaching to the unconverted. Here we go. Social media bridges gaps. One of the strategies that we used in one of our uh, previous churches was social media. We would get people to share things from church. If there was an event on, share it widely. Because it can help if you're not quite comfortable enough to personally invite someone and say, I'm coming to pick you up to take you to the Easter service. Just put it up on your Facebook Put it up on your Instagram. Share a post from church. Whack up a comment. If anyone's interested, I'm going. Let's get brekkie beforehand and come to the 8am. Let's go out for dinner afterwards. Let's go to the Knights and watch them get belted by the Tigers. <laughs> and then based on that depression, we can find Jesus together. 
People in my office ask me a lot about church when I put up something vaguely spiritual on my Instagram because it's a different side to me that they don't see necessarily all day, Monday to Friday. When I'm talking KPIs and reports and staffing and policy changes and legislation, they don't want to hear about Jesus at that point. But if I subtly just seed it through my social media profile... And look, I, I, I incorporate a lot of dumb jokes and Parker spam in amongst all those things so that they see that I'm real as well and not a fruit loop. But just seed it. Put it up there. You can extend an offer to everyone in your social media circle without the pressure of chasing down one person directly. And these things, go-karts, these are a great way to start a conversation. We have deliberately left room on the invite cards here where you can write your mobile phone number so that people have a connection to get to church. It's not just, here's a card, turn up if you want. It's, come with me. Let's go together. Bring them in through social connection, through your relationships, through your friendships. 70% of people that attended church for the first time came because a friend brought them. That's pretty good odds. These can help. All right. Boats look great in the harbour, but that's not what they're built for. Planes look fantastic on the airstrip, but that's not what they're designed for. We are spectacular as the church gathered, but while we're on earth, while we've still got time, there's something we've been commissioned to do, and that is to go. So what does your go look like? How do I find my go? Your go is out there. Your go is already existing among the people that you know and that you love. You're probably going to have lunch with your go today. You're going to clock on tomorrow morning and go to work with your go. Your go may be annoying the daylights out of you because they won't tidy their room and they're sullen and they're on the screen all day. That's your go. You'll have opportunities to do these other goes that exist outside that circle. We as a church want to facilitate things like mission trips, like in evangelistic endeavours. We want to do that. But the go for you, you already know where it is. You already know how to reach it. And it's called love. There's a couple of people I want to pray for. Maybe you're here this morning and this whole go thing is a little bit intimidating. And oh, I'm one of those people that haven't really been telling too many people about church or telling too many people that you're a Christian. I get that. I get that. There are some circles where I find it really hard to reveal that I go to church, that I'm spiritual, that I'm a Christian because I know the reception I'm going to get. But God has strengthened me to start dropping hints, to start little drips here and there, not smashing them all with the Bible because that doesn't really work, but just hinting at who I am inside, just letting the barriers slip. Maybe that's you this morning. And this go thing, you need strength. You need peace. You need encouragement. I want to pray for you. And if that's you, could you do a bold move? Place your hand on your heart so that God sees and God knows. And we can pray together and get this thing moving. God, you have commissioned us to go. Lord, you have asked us to walk in faith and to share the good news that you have given us. 
There's two things we've got, God, the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And I ask God that you would give us opportunities this week to just start talking about our life in you. I pray for open hearts. I pray for a receptive audience. I pray that where we have opportunities to start revealing the inner workings of how you have changed our lives, there would be a warmth to that. And that people would feel empowered and strengthened to bring, to gather, and to pull them into the house of God. We love you, God, and we honour you in this. This is, when we go, it is an act of worship. And I ask that you would empower us and equip us for that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe you're here this morning and this whole go thing. Maybe you're visiting church for the first time. Maybe someone has brought you in today. And you're thinking, Jesus, this mob are pretty odd. We do this because of Jesus. We do church, we do worship, we honour him because he has loved us first and changed our lives from the inside out. And so I want to offer that to you. I want to ask if this morning maybe you want to become a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. I was somebody's go. I said this uh, two weeks ago at the 6pm. I was saved because of two blokes called Tim. Tim and Tim. T1 and T2. I lived in Canberra, only child of a single, single parent, broken kid from a broken home and these guys through a group called YWAM Youth with a Mission Young Wolves After Maidens uh, Youth Without Any Money um, these guys found me and I became their go they would pick me up in this bucket old RX5 Mazda that made more noise than Kingdom Come and they would drive me around Canberra showing me how to enjoy life we used to get these stale donuts and drive through the back streets of Canberra throwing donuts at cyclists and it wasn't very spiritual but it changed my life. It changed my life. And then one day as an awkward teenager they said, Craig, we're going to pick you up in that rubbish Mazda and we're going to take you to Youth Alive at the Uni Hall in Canberra. I went there and I found a guy called Jesus who turned my life around and made me everything I am today. It's all because of him comma and T1 and T2 who decided that I was their go if that's you this morning if somehow you have someone that has brought you or you are wanting to find Jesus for yourself I want to pray for you I want to make it so that you can find him and this life turning stuff can happen and if that's you I'm going to pray I'm going to ask you in your heart to agree with me in this prayer and after the service come and see me love to get a Bible to you. We'd love to help you find out who Jesus is and how he can help you. Is that all good? Okay, let's pray. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross in my place. I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for going my own way. I'm sorry for forging my own path. And today, I turn around and I choose to follow you. And I thank you for coming into my life. Change me from the inside out, God. Help me to follow you as my saviour my Lord, my friend. Today I'm your child. You are my God. In Jesus' name. Amen. If that was you, please come and see myself or one of the leaders. And church, this week, as you go out into your world, there is a world out there that needs Jesus. And believe it or not, the key strategy that he uses to change the world is you and I. So this week, as we go into our world, make those relational connections.
and see if there's opportunities to bring people into the house of God. Is that okay? Thank you, Macquarie. Have a great week. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macquarielifechurch.com.au.